here you are. You're in Svartborg. You are on the glacier. Alar has sneaked in with the captive barbarians in an effort to incite rebellion against the frost giants. Does that sound about right? Yes. And everybody's hiding out sort of up on the crest of the iceberg out of sight of the giants. Also yeah, are those, right. those giants still on those ships? So there is still a frost giant right here in that ship. There is still a frost giant right here in this ship. The frost giant over here is actually inside the uh, inside the lodge with the captive barbarians right now. Can I hear anything? Like giants talking or anything like that from where I am? Maybe uh, that's talking. quite possible. I make Let me out just refresh my memory about what those giants in the great ships are doing what they're doing is they're they're picking up uh hunks of ice that are floating inside the lagoon in the iceberg uh sort of reaching over the side of the ship to fish these hunks of ice out of the lagoon hunks of ice that are about mm, about the size of uh i'd say a cow and then they're throwing them at each other in sort of a, a giant-sized snowball fight. They're laughing, taunting each other. They seem to be having a pretty good time. Can you, like, ping on the map where this is happening? Yeah, again, I mean, you're up at the top of the iceberg, but it, there's there's one in that ship there, and there's one in this ship here. Are you seeing <laughs> the things? Tossing, they're just tossing giant ice blocks at each other back and forth. That's right. And shouting at each other in giant. So I think it would be good to um, seal, try to basically keep this inner bay, marina, makeshift marine, natural marina, sealed by trying to lock that chain in place somehow. I've been, I don't know if it's possible, but if it would be a big advantage to us in terms of escape routes. And it would also keep the, um, if that other ship returns that we found out, the one that has uh, the Yarl in it, um, you know, it would kind of hinder their arrival. Yeah, that's what I said last time. We should try to get the chains at the top stuck somehow. I just can't think of how. Um, yeah. Does anyone have like a heat metal? I already asked that probably. I mean, I have pressed we the digitation. The yeah, we did the thing with the, the ice pick. Um, I think it would take a lot more yeah, ice to slow down a giant though. Yeah. Well, I'm saying uh, if we could like melt the chains to each other, you know? Oh. Hmm. Like welding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Preston Digitation won't let me. Yeah, it's not that hot. Yeah. Won't uh, won't do that. I guess the other thing it would be to, if there was some way to cut off access to the chain, the the points where the giants go and lower them and raise raise and lower them. Yeah, okay, what's I don't remember here? what that looks like. What was that, Jake? What's that over here? Good question. Let me see. How tall are frost giants? How tall are frost giants? Let me answer your first question first. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And your second question second. So 
what you can see over at that northwest corner of the iceberg is what looks like a tunnel heading back into the wall of the iceberg. And where was the oh, beacon? Check that out. Yeah, maybe that should be a, a spot that we check out. Um, where was the um, the door with the growling behind it? Is there a reason we can't see uh, like what's next to us? You mean like to the east of you? Yeah. It's mostly just like an artifact of how the lighting is drawn on the map. If you want to see, yeah. I mean, I can just move your tokens if you want to see some other stuff. I don't think it's going to spoil anything. Do you want me to just move you around so you can sort of see what's on top and what's on the far side? I think your characters would be able yeah. to do that. Um, okay, okay, let me do that. I'll just move everybody. Um, your question about how big a I posted it frost giant is. Yeah. 15 feet tall, give or take. Oh, 21 feet tall. Okay, I'll take Michael's answer. That looks great. Okay, so they're only like 10 feet below us when they're standing up straight. Okay. If you were down on that edge, but really your characters are are up here on top of the very top of the iceberg, which is like another 70 feet above that side over there. So you're quite a ways up here. Let me just move your characters down to the outside so you can see what's out here. Oh, gotcha. That was 30 feet from the water to the ledge, the walking ledge. That's right. Yeah, gotcha. that's right. Um, the building that had the growling coming from it is the northeast building. Gotcha. And its entrance is not within the the donut hole. It's it's on up. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't notice an entrance on the inside of the donut. So I think you can assume that if there is an entrance, it's on the outside of the donut. Where did you hear the the growling? Um, where did Alar fly around that building? <coughs> Sorry, which building? The northeast building where the growling was coming from. I don't remember. I think that I probably just specified that I was looking, listening at the door and checking for windows. Yeah, that's what I would guess. There are no windows, but the door is on the outside, so I, th I think that's where Eli was listening. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's the game plan? What what are we trying to do? We're trying to find the... The conch, right? The conch that's sitting on his throne, right? Yeah, so we need to get to his throne. Which building is the throne room? I'm wondering about that tunnel. The, the barbarians said that they've seen the leader going in and out of the south building. Okay. Do you guys think maybe we should try to go into that cavern? Maybe the cavern takes us around towards it? Or do you want to fly in there and check it out for us? There's also Yeti, apparently, that are just also on the island. We should be aware of. Especially if we go into like caves. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I I'm assuming that there is something to fight in that cave. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Um, let me just. Especially since the giants can't get in there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
the barbarian thinks they're fearsome enough to, to go after them. Oh, okay. Um, I have a spell called Passwall. Um, a passage appears at a point of your choice that you can see on, wood, on a wooden plaster or stone surface, such as a wall, ceiling, or floor, within range and last for the duration. You choose the dimension's opening. Opening's dimensions up to five feet wide, eight feet tall, and 20 feet deep. The passage creates no instability in the structure surrounding it. Assuming that, like, the front door is probably not the safest place to enter, I'm tempted to try and, I mean, it's a little bit of a Hail Mary, but just open up an opening in the back of the south building and check it out there. Or even the roof. Or the roof. I like that idea. Or a corner. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, a corner up and above if possible. Now, question though, do we want to create a diversion while we do this so that we have a free reign into the building or that people aren't paying attention to us? Yeah, so we could. I mean, that's... I say we let, we let the beast out. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather save that for like when we know where the thing is though. And that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because we don't use up yeah. all these main things, because especially once we've had one diversion, we're not really going to be able to have two or three more. Yeah, that's a good point. We might be able to do two. So maybe let's let's confirm that that's where we want to be and then set the diversion? Yeah. I, I say, like, let's just try to keep being sneaky as long as possible. So then, uh, Aylar, I guess you could get yourself, like, on the upper side of whatever that is and make your looking hole. Or even walking hole. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an interesting point. I could try and do. I mean, it's a lot of charges, but I could use a small amount to peek in first. Yeah, you don't have to walk through. You can even. Just well, walk. also, just think though too. You could you could make it something that we can get through that they can't, right? Yes, definitely. Um, so like you do like something like five feet tall, then we don't have to worry about them getting through. But we can not get through even easy. like who's our biggest contour. Yeah, like, the dwarf. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would probably be Ari. Yeah, I'm like six feet, I think. But like, I could easily yeah, even crouch. Yeah. Yeah, crouch through. Yeah. So we do like four yeah, to six. Yeah, so we can even four, have like a five. small door that they can't even get their arm into, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Um. So I think I like. We can just like... melt. We <laughs> like put one on the wall, put one on the floor. <laughs> well, I I don't have unlimited charges. Um. But I like the idea of starting somewhere up in the, the roof in a, an upper corner. Especially with your flying boots. Yeah. Now, question, should we all get on the roof first? Yeah, just so we get a look around. Okay, so then we need a, a rope and... Um, well, is the roof, the roof is under, is it, can we get through to oh, the roof question. from the ice and stuff, Gabe? Well, the ice doesn't completely cover the roof of that southern building, so there are points where there's roof exposed. Okay, but we can get to the roof without having to climb, really, right? It's just there's enough snow pack to trudge up to the roof? Yes, yes. Okay, so yeah, let's just all walk over to it. Okay, so you're all walking to, you want to be on the roof, is that right? The roof where they said that they saw was... Yeah, exactly. Does that look about right? About like what you're looking for? Yeah, I think so. And you could like make a hole just big enough to put your head through 
and shoulders through to see, like that. Or maybe to get your body through, just in case we don't want to waste a charge. Like, what if it's the attic? Yeah, so, are these, like, multiple levels that we're looking at? Yeah, uh, that does seem to be the case. So there are a few different few different levels to the building. Um, I guess, actually, that would be... That would be a little bit difficult. So now that I'm thinking about what you're trying to do here, I think, in terms of climbing, um, I think it is actually... So I'm going to put you all back up on the top of the iceberg. There we go. Okay. And... Uh, I, th I think that it looks like you could get to sort of this piece of roof, the very top of the roof, without a hard climb down from the iceberg. Of course, Alar has his flying boots, so he can get wherever he wants. But in terms of getting down to lower parts of the roof, that would be a climb. And part of that is because, again, this is a giant-sized building, right? So... Um, the distance between the first story and the second story isn't, you know, the 10 feet that it would be for a human-sized building. It's 30 feet. So it's a pretty big drop. It's pretty steep coming down off the ice, like over here, if you wanted to climb down to the first story roof. Um, gotcha. That's a pretty tough climb. And, you know, of course, you're welcome to try to climb, but it's not just, like, walking on level terrain. Well, so I just, just check go, out the top floor? Let's go, yeah, let's go through, check out through the top roof. Um, let's all climb down there. And then I just had an idea. Ari, can you tell whether there are any giants oh, yeah. or humanoids there, in here? Are there, are there giants and humanoids in this building? Like underneath me? So again, you can tell number, direction, and distance. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll give you one more. You can sense whether any of your favorite enemies are present within five miles of you. This feature reveals which of your favorite enemies are present, their numbers, and the creature's general direction and distance from you. You know, in this situation, that is a terrific ability. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, I'll just tell you there are some there are some frost giants in the building. Ari can tell that. And let me triple check this before I do something dumb. So if we say that Ari is about where he is on the map right now, yeah. does that seem fair? Yeah. I mean, I guess he could even walk around up there to try to get a sense. Yeah. It seems like there are two frost giants inside this building. They are... Uh, I'm not going to tell you which floor they're on. I feel like that's yeah, yeah. a bit much. Yeah. But I will say that walking around up on the top of the of the iceberg, Ari can tell that they are in the back half of the building. Gotcha. Back half as in south. Back half as oh, sorry. Uh, north half of the building. That's less so, ambiguous. Gotcha. Or less vague, anyway. Anyway, um, how does that sound? Jake, does that seem yeah. fair? Yeah. Okay. That, can you, uh, I guess, is it like they're directly underneath me? I guess uh, I, 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 you don't want to give me too much information. I got, I got it. I think if Ari, I mean, he can tell their their general their direction, right? Yeah, and how far they are. Can you link the text uh, in chat, maybe? General, yeah, so it's distance in miles from you. So it's so I can't like just it's not fine. It's more generalized. Okay, so 
that that's fine. I got you. So it's a minute of an uninterrupted minute of concentration. Yeah. So I, I, I but the way I'm thinking about this is that if Ari wants to use it like sonar, he needs to keep doing this minute of meditation. Yeah. Over and over and over. And, and I'll say that he has done this once so far from where he is, and it seems like they are basically directly beneath him. That's okay. But again, it's it's a general sense of the direction. It's not right, 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 and distance totally triangulated. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Want to make that hole, Alar, in the roof? I mean, I'll also tell you, you didn't ask, but I will tell you because Ari should be able to tell. Um, there are also, you know, Ari can tell that there's the frost giant in the lodge. That's the north. Uh, sorry, the lodge is the southeast building. Yeah. Ari can tell that there are two frost giants in the southwest building, and Ari can tell. Uh, try again, Gabe. Ari can tell that there are three frost giants in the southwest building. Um, of course, there's a frost giant in each of those two great ships that had a frost giant in it, and there yeah. is also uh, there are two frost giants in the northeast building. That's the building where the growling was coming from. Gotcha. So that beast and frost giants might be compatible. <laughs> yeah. Did I count 11 or was that 9? Two here, there's three in another building, two in another building. I got, I got 10. I think I also get 10. Two in the boats. Ready to peek our head in, Elar? You know, Jake, I'm going to yeah. tell you one more thing that Ari noticed, and that is that just at the edge of Ari's ability to tell, so it's like there is, yeah, uh, away to the northwest, there is a group of frost giants. It is, it's, it's right at the edge of Ari's ability to sense this, so it's a little bit vague as far as Ari can tell. Where but is it's at it? At least a dozen frost giants. Where is it in the relation to our boat? Um, Red Reef's boat is also to the northwest. That's the direction yeah. uh, from which you entered the iceberg. Yeah. So how f far, how close are, how, how far are they? Red Reef's boat? Yeah. Maybe a half a mile in okay. the fog bank. Gotcha. Does, uh, I guess I'd have to do it again to see if they're getting closer. Okay. I relay this information to them and says, guys, there might be a group coming towards us of 12 frost giants. So if we're going to do something, we got to do it quick. Okay. Oh, ahead. Let's go. Yeah. Let's make a hole, make a humanoid-sized hole, sort of near the edge of the roof, kind of near a wall. All right. Can you maybe draw me a little, a little circle or a square, Steve, to show me what you're talking about, just so that totally yeah. understand i precisely understand what you're after here and we're gonna we're gonna talk it through before we start doing anything with it i'm gonna ready in action or i'm gonna fire an arrow at the first giant i see no that's that's a joke i don't really mean that game you sure you sure yeah. you don't mean it yeah okay. yeah <laughs> i don't know about okay. size but that's the general idea that looks about five feet. By five feet. And Alar is trying to 
make a hole through the roof. Um, tell me the dimensions again, approximately. Let's see. I guess if it's we're going down through the roof, it doesn't need to be like. It needs to be like what? Somebody five by five. I mean, not even probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three by three. Why well, make it difficult for us? We gotta bring a wolf down too. Remember? All right, three by five. You get a wolf down <laughs> through the roof, man. I think a wolf can get through a smaller space than a human. Yeah, but like, yeah. if we if we need to like go down a rope or something, I mean, we're gonna have to like drop him in my back or something. Okay, hold on, let me think then. Come on, the difference between five feet and three feet for frost giant is not gonna matter. Yeah. Yeah, five by five is fine. Uh, uh, Jake, I think we're just wanting a mouse hole and you want a barn door. I think that's what the disagreement is. <laughs> <laughs> let me just make sure I am not screwing this up. Has to be big enough for me to get my penis through. So, yeah, like I said, mouse hole. <laughs> yeah, quarter inch by quarter inch for me. Easy. Um, I'm long, but I'm a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> you are a slender fellow, Michael. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I, I think I've got it. So, Alar sticks his head in the room, down through the ceiling. And I will show you what he can see. You're going to make it upside down, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that degree of magic. <laughs> Hopefully that did it. You guys see yourselves in a little room? Sure do. Yep. All right. Let me tell you what you see in here. The roof of this room is pitched. So again, the, the roof uh, is about... 20 feet above the floor at the very edges of the room. In the center of the room, the roof is about 30 feet above the floor. I Inside the room... Oh, shoot. Yes, you... That's... That's Alar, always off doing his own thing. Come on, Alar. Um, and just to be sure, which has us as... The, our token size is not as big as we really are, right? Um, oh yeah, that that might need some adjustment too. Let me let me see about that. But thank you, Jake. I will fix that. Yeah, worse. I'll describe the room to you first so that you can start thinking. Yeah, there is uh, a window along. Uh, it's not really a window. It's more like shutters that are latched closed. But you can see snow has blown in across the floor from the. Um, well, I mean, here it looks like the east, but I think it's actually supposed to be the south. Um, so that's snow blowing in from there, that opening that's, that shutter that's bolted closed. Um, near this set of shutters, there's a massive cage. So that's what you see here. And I'll just use this map's directions for the sake of simplicity. In the southeast corner of this room, you can see there's a large circular thing. That's a massive bird cage, and inside it you can see a giant owl. The giant owl is on a perch. It is staring at you with wide open eyes. The cage is latched shut. It looks like a pretty simple wooden latch that's holding the cage shut. Uh, also in this room are several crates 
and several chests and several barrels. There is a ladder, a giant sized ladder leading down out of this room. Now I will resize your tokens. Um, so only Alar is looking down in there right now? That is correct. Okay. Because if he, I can get some information from this owl just based on looking at it and, and is a beast, correct? Well, I guess I would have to. Yeah, I think, I mean, Alar would, would probably pull his head back and say, it's all quiet except there's a giant owl in a cage. Um, it looked right at me. It's seen us. Okay, so all let right, me. What do you think we can do about that? So I look, I look into at the owl and gave that primeval awareness thing that I showed you. I can mm -hmm. uh, communicate with simple ideas and read the basic mood of tent of the owl. So I, I do that. I want to see like, does it want to be free? Is it a prisoner there? Um, I want to let it know that we mean no harm to it. Um, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. I'm going to take a moment to reread that text. The owl is apprehensive, does not seem to be affected by magic. It is not hungry. It is safe. It doesn't seem like it wants to attack you. It seems like it wants to run away. Okay. And you said the, the window is closed right now or open? Closed. Okay. It takes some muscle to get it open. Well, it looks like it's it's essentially a section of wall um, that it has hinges at one side and a deadbolt at the other side, holding it shut. Of course, everything is giant sized, yeah, so right. you know the deadbolt is ten feet off the ground. Uh, the door is very large and heavy. Um, so I guess through communication, I kind of try to let it understand that uh, we mean it no harm and that we will do our best to free it by the time we leave. Yeah, let's not let's not let it out yet, though. I don't want to... No, 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 no for sure not. We have to be able to be sure that we can open that that door safely and all sorts of stuff. But as a as a ranger from um, who has a uh, connection with beasts, um, I have a, I feel a need to to release this animal from it uh, from it its bindings. Yeah, it seems really conflicted because it clearly wants to be free, and it's alternating between trying to reach for the latch of the cage, which it cannot reach, uh, and also hiding as far away in the back corner of its cage from all of you as it can. Well, it can Although again, it's just, head at a time, it's just, right? yeah, it's just Alar sticking his head down in the hole at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Or Ari right now, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. And again, I, I, I kind of, uh, like convey the uh, the idea and intent that we do not want to harm, harm it and we will not harm it. Yeah, and it, it I think it understands that, but it still um, it still seems mm, gotcha. disconcerted. Yeah, for sure. So it's a twenty foot, twenty to thirty foot drop. Yeah, it's about twenty feet down to the floor. Okay, we could do the same thing with the hammer and python and rope and ice. Yeah. 
and shimmy down. Yeah. Do you want to fly down and poke your head through the hole with the ladder to see if you see something before we even get down into this spot? Yeah, why don't I, why don't I, I mean, maybe I should go invisible on scout. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You could just stick your head through that hole and see what you see there. Yeah. Um, I could just rely on stealth, maybe. Why don't I just... I'll, I won't burn spell points on invisibility just to peek, yeah. peek down that hole. Um, I think that's good I'll idea. just try to be as stealthy as possible and peek down that hole. Um, the baby is waking up, so I might need to disappear here soon to do a diaper feed cycle kind of thing. Should we do a beer break? I'm yeah. fine I'm fine also with the group kind of playing Alar if uh, if need be. Well we kinda we know what you want to do right now, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Do you need to yeah, go right I'm, now, Steve? Um I don't think so yet, but I mean she's wide awake, so okay. she's probably gonna be hungry pretty soon. Yeah, um, yeah well you probably want to feed her before she starts screaming. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think um, I do want to search all of these containers. Yeah. <laughs> Loot, baby. <laughs> that is like that is like glaringly obvious to Alar. <laughs> he 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 has uh, when he poked his head back out. He had money symbols where his uh, pupils used to be. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're glowing green. Yeah. Checking for traps and all that, of course. Yeah. Why would they put traps on it? I mean, they're in the middle of the ocean. Hey, one time oh, I opened a chest in the middle of a bedroom that seemed perfectly safe. <laughs> and we got attacked by a flying sword. Yeah. Okay, what's on level? What's in behind level two? I'm on mobile, um, but uh, I am starting the feeding and stuff now, so back in a okay. bit. But what was the plan? Was was Aylar going to stick his head down into the ladder? Or were you going to start opening yeah, yeah. crates? No, no, that, it's the ladder first. We first want to get a lay of land. We're going to run some, uh, see what's going on first. But yeah, he's going to stick his head down the ladder to see what's in level two, but stealthily with a stealth check. Okay. Well, I need a stealth roll from Alar then. I can pull up his. Yeah, you can do that for me, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get a stealth roll from Alar. Oh, Alar's pretty good at this. Yep. Yep. That's pretty stealthy. That's what Alar does. <coughs> oh, jeez. Yep. Oh, good Jesus. <laughs> that was a baby. <laughs> it's a baby, Michael. Um, I've, I've read. I've read about these things. <laughs> Don't oh, worry. It was a good roll. Don't worry. Yeah, that baby does not hear Alar. Well, Alar's going to stick his head down the ladder. I'm going to move all your tokens so I don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to just totally rely on uh, my description. But this is a large and interesting room. And I will describe some of the things here to you. So, first of all, there are two frost giants and two giant wolves in this room. But they do not seem to notice Alar. There are lots of things in this room. Uh, 
one of the things that's probably going to be most interesting to you is a massive throne, which looks like it's along the east wall of this room. So this is a huge throne. Gabe, this is level two? Is this a three-story building? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Where was I? I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're the, fine. The throne. So the room is illuminated by bluish light that comes from what appear to be magical lights um, along two walls. Icicles hang from the rafters of this massive hall. Um, there is a large table in the middle of the room. There's an ivory drinking horn on that table. Uh, there's a rug that is made from the hide of a white saber-toothed tiger. And the throne itself is carved out of ice. Alar can see lying on the seat of the throne a large conch. But there's more than just that in this room. Against the walls, um, which here look like the north and south walls, but are really the east and west walls. Against the walls, there are three shelving units. They're heaped up with furs. They're packed with wine, jugs, other bottles, uh, packets that look like different types of food. There's a draft coming through the room. There are more of those sort of uh, shutters along the south wall, what here looks like the east wall. There's so some snow like that's a, drifting in from, like a window? from there. Say that again, Michael. Is it more like a wall and like windows than like giant pillars with like an open doorway? No, it's more like it's like an accordion wall kind of, except it doesn't really do accordion kind of stuff. It's like the whole wall kind of can uh, swing inward. I um, see. They're all bolted shut right now. Okay. Okay. And then those those posts though are structural elements of the building, so they can't move. Sure, that makes sense. As I mentioned, there are two frost giants and two giant wolves in here. They don't appear to have noticed Alar. In this corner of the room, there are seven massive eggs. They are so large that they could only possibly be dragon eggs. They are about, four, each is about four feet tall. And of course, there's this wooden ladder here. That opening is how Alar is gazing down into this room. Is there a latch on the ladder? Like, between levels? No. There is no... Hatch, I mean. There's no hatch there. Yeah. Um, there's also a door right here. Yeah. You got it. I think that covers it. Any questions? The wolves, are they on chains? Just walking around freely? The wolves are not on chains. They are sitting. They appear to be calm. They're sitting next to... One of them is sitting next to each of the frost giants. And what are the, the frost giants doing? Frost giant. Um, the frost giants are talking to each other in giant. They're occasionally getting a little snack from the table. They seem like they are hanging out and chatting. This would be a good time for invisibility in a conch shell, huh? How big is the conch shell? It's in a different part of my book. Let me look it up. One moment. Dang, you just do anything, huh? Who, Alar? Yeah. It is a slightly larger than usual, but otherwise ordinary looking conch shell. It is about two and a half feet long. 
spike carryable then. Huh? I have Amira in my arms now, so you may hear little Amira squeaks. Telekinesis, Steve says. I think the range might, might be out of range for telekinesis. I just read it at 60 feet. Yeah, you're way out of range right now. You'd have to fly over there. Um, but we could, you know, there's no hatch, but we could remove the ladder if we wanted to seal off access. That's true. And we can also just, like, wait, right? Like, wait, just see if these guys leave. Uh, yeah, yeah just... I, I, now, on invisibility, if if one picks something up, does that object become invisible? Well, invisibility, does it require concentration? Um, invisibility is a concentration spell. It's got it. Yeah, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do both spells at the same time. No, but I could just fly down there and pick it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anything the target is wearing or carrying is invisible as long as it is on the target's person. Yep. I think it would turn invisible when picked up. Uh, but let me check that. Yeah. I mean, we could just kind of Ender's Game this like we did the... Um, the shield? shield. Yeah, as I was thinking. I don't have Pass Without a Trace anymore, though. Um, but I don't think we need Pass Without a Trace in this Yeah, case. no, you just need to fly down, pick it up, and fly back. I like the idea of lifting the ladder, though, and then we could raid the, the top. <laughs> I mean, I think if we just quietly raid the top yeah, yeah. first. Yeah. I feel like we would want to get the conch before we raid the thing, or you thinking raid first? I'm just worried that if we get caught raiding, then we don't even have the conch. Yeah. That's a good point. But what if we get caught trying to take the conch and then we can't raid the treasure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a conundrum. <laughs> I guess I honestly though um, I see your point, but I it seems like it's pretty unlikely that we'll get caught. Um, just checking these boxes and whatever. What containers did we say? So. Uh, Plenty of are we talking chests, about and chests and crates and barrels? Yeah, the chests, yes. crates and barrels. They're all giant size, though. What what was on the table again? It was a drinking horn. So it looks it looks like the deal with invisibility is that when a character is invisible and they pick up an object, that object does not immediately become invisible. The character could, you know, tuck something under a cloak that was invisible because the character was wearing that cloak when invisibility was cast, and then that object would be obscured from view. But simply touching the object would not make it invisible. I think that would send the world into a pretty strange King Midas kind of situation. Uh. That makes sense. I mean, magic is already a little strange. A little. But yeah, you have. Don't, doesn't Aylar have a cloak? Yes. Yeah, of course so you he has just, a cloak. You could just wrap the. Wrap the uh, exactly, what, wrap the concentration. Another thing. Cloak, you get it. The portal, the portal into the ceiling that he made, is that concentration? No, that's one hour. Okay. Because I want you to go invisible and all of a sudden we're all stuck. <laughs> and then you're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. He disappears. 
the passageway disappears. <laughs> See you later. And my head sticking down through it. <laughs> Instantly oh, no. decapitated. <laughs> That's probably how that would work, huh? Yeah, I'm. A, yeah, yeah. I think it'd probably be. Well, a lot of this, a lot of the spells say that you get forced out of the space after taking a bunch of bludgeoning damage. So yeah, <laughs> maybe you just get bludgeoned and then pushed up onto the roof. Just you just get throat punched a bunch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so what's what's the plan, Alar? You're down there looking. Uh, you can go just no. go grab the cont now if you want. Alar probably Alar probably would not just start searching the containers, um, but he would. So Alar flies back up and reports everything that he sees, um, and says, "I I suggest that we take a look at what's up here quietly, um, and then we figure out how to get that conch." Okay, maybe there's something in one of these chests that can help us. Yeah. That's that's the excuse I'm using. <laughs> I mean, almost certainly. Well, no, not almost certainly. Just but. remember that if we're all down there and something bad happens, will we all be able to get up fast enough without the frost giants getting to us first? Well, we could. I could. I could check the treasury. The the um, treasure, and see what we have on my own. I mean, maybe this is just food, but yeah, do it. Sure. Um, just to, and then then I'll be able to fly out. Is my point. Yeah. So I think Alar starts inspecting quietly, inspecting the. Uh, Containers. The um, start with the chests. Probably chests seem like they hold valuables. Okay. Let me. And then what helps everybody? Bring everybody up out of there. Put you all back up on the third story. And you want to start opening chests? Is what I heard. Inspecting. Yeah. yeah, I would look for any signs of anything amiss, any traps or alarms. Make a perception check, please. Or I can do it for Alar. Oh, look at that. Hmm, not great. Let me tell you about these chests. The chests are all about 10 feet long, 6 feet wide, and about 7 feet tall. The lids are a little bit frozen. Um, it looks like it would take some heat to thaw out the mechanism or a bunch of muscle to uh, pry them open. Use that. And he does digs, digs, does it, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look like they are locked other than the ice that's freezing them shut. It doesn't look like there are any traps. Okay, before I try and get up to get them open, I guess I'll check out the um, the crates and barrels. Oh, well, crate and barrel is a retail establishment. <laughs> <laughs> it's filled with a bunch of stuff that you 
don't need, and it's priced much too high. The crates are 10 feet on a side. The barrels are 8 feet tall. They're all made of wood. Do they look like they'd make noise being opened? Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. The, huh? the barrels and the crates are also... They are also covered in ice, so it looks like it would take some thawing or some muscle to get them open as well. But other than that, they don't appear to be locked. They do not appear to have any traps. Okay. Darn. Um, what if we just set the house on fire? It's probably not worth pass walling into each of these crates. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no. Wait, how many um, slots is Fred <laughs> whatever take? Uh, prestidigitation is a cantrip, so I can do it all yeah, day long. Yeah, yeah, do it on each each one and just melt the... So I, can, I can, I mean, I could melt them all. I, I guess, are any of the crates labeled? No, there are no labels on... Yeah. Crates and barrels are usually food stuff and drink, right? It's probably not as important as chests. Yeah, I mean, definitely. That's my hunch, also. Definitely. Uh, okay, well, let's. I guess the chests actually won't make noise if I open them, presumably. Um, so I will do that. I will start. I will pick. The chest that's uh, the most out of the way. And Let start. me reiterate that these chests are 10 feet long, 6 feet wide, and 7 feet tall. Um, yes. Uh, these are giant sized chests. I mean, it will take, I, am, I am anticipated taking time to melt the ice around the seam, but um, it doesn't seem like a problem. Is it? I don't want to just metagame, but like what? Is that topic too heavy? Oh. I think it would be reasonable to think that the top of that chest is very heavy for any humanoid to lift open in the first place or control once it was open. Gotcha. So you need help. Yeah. Um, I do have telekinesis yeah is that a cantrip or is that a uh... and the idea right now is Hold that on. it's only Elar who's in this level everybody else is back up on the roof yeah we're watching I'm, I'm my head's poking through trying to keep the owl calm without making any trying not so it won't make gotcha. it okay how uh, strong is Poe a raven's strength it's <laughs> so not too strong yeah, man, I don't really have much to help with here. Okay. How, how, uh, I have some cantrips to like deal with ice, but I guess so does anything. How strong is uh, Mage Hand? The Mage Hand can lift maybe five pounds, if oh, I'm okay. recalling correctly. Yeah. It's not even a, like a, a Gnome Hand. A gnome can lift more than that. Ten pounds is the limit on Mage Hand. Do you guys want to try to... Uh, Problem solve this for Alar while Steve is. Yeah. Right, I just I'm not, I'm not sure what spells he has. 
How, how many spells um, does this telekinesis have? And how many... Or how many charges does it take? Because telekinesis do up a thousand pounds, it. right? Yeah, telekinesis could easily move it. Telekinesis takes five charges out of the staff. The staff... Has... 50 charges, I think. He cast Passwall with it, which takes five charges. Let me see if he's tracking it on his character sheet. He could be, because he thinks he has 43 charges oh. left on his staff, so I'd believe yeah. that. But not only that, so it says you can affect the same target round after round or choose a new one at any time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, That's so he good. could potentially use it once and pull, like, to even just take all of these. Oh, we didn't make a hold large enough. And just like open each each one one after the other after the other with telekinesis. That's right. Yeah, it lasts for ten minutes, so that is probably yeah. enough time to. Yeah, so let's have him do that. Well, he'll use concentration. Uh, though. He'll use okay. his uh, uh pre dig. I, I don't know why I can't say this word. Press the digitation. Press the digitation on all of them and melt them, and then he will use one telekinesis and open them all. Okay. That's a great idea. Um, as Alar gets started doing that, hmm, let's see, how many are there? Seven chests, three crates, three barrels? Yeah, well, let's start with the chests, because the crates and the barrels... start with the chests. Yeah, yeah, because the crates and barrels were worried that would make more too much noise. It would be nice if we could just take them all out and put them out on the ice. If we, had, if we had made a larger hole. So as Alar starts doing this, it actually seems like prestidigitation is not instantly thawing out the ice. It's pretty cold here, and all the prestidigitation can do is warm a cubic foot of material. So it's actually taking Alar, uh, it takes him about a minute until he thaws out the first chest enough to where he thinks it would probably be able to open up. Um, and then he'll cast telekinesis. Well, no, because if he casts telekinesis, then he, if he wanted to use the cantrip again, he would lose the telekinesis, right? I don't think so, because the cantrip's not a concentration spell. Oh, okay. Yeah, then yeah. Okay. So he thaws out this first chest, and then he casts telekinesis on it, opens the lid of the chest, and inside he finds four 50-foot lengths of chain okay anything sp just like chain that's it looks like it's yeah but we were talking about trying to deal with that other uh giant chain right to like block the entryway into that lagoon yeah yeah it could be useful yep. for that but it looks like pretty standard uh iron the links are large so it's probably made by a giant smith not a humanoid smith but they are four 50 foot lengths of chain do you want them to keep going opening chests yeah please open them all and then we can decide what to do with the stuff well we'll do them one at a time yeah. um you never know what might be in a chest yeah okay yeah. so he goes to open the next chest again it's another minute of prestidigitation and then he uses telekinesis to open and control the descent of the lid of the chest um, Jake, can you roll me 3d6, please? Michael, can you roll me 3d6, please? Oh. Is that damage? Inside this chest, you find 1,292 gold pieces. Oof. Okay. Uh, knowing ALR, he would probably just pocket that immediately. 
can he can he carry that much? I don't know. Let's add it to his character sheet and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's actually that's quite a lot of gold, isn't it? That is a lot of gold. Yeah, he is not yet overburdened. Okay, cool. Yeah, he would just pocket that immediately. You want him to open the next chest? Yes, please. Keep it going. <laughs> this is one of the best parts of the game, man. It's, it's, it's like 25 pounds. That's how much 13 pounds. Oh, oh, cool. It's not too bad. All right. So he uh, spends a minute warming up the next chest and then uses his ongoing telekinesis to open the lid of that chest. Jake, can you roll me 3d6? Michael, can you roll me 3d6, please? Um, so inside that chest, there are 938 gold pieces. I mean, I think he would pocket that up to his weight. Mm-hmm. We silently, we, I'm, I'm listening 20, and I hear him going, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to put him at 2315. Uh, he is not yet above his weight limit. All right, good stuff. Keep going. He keeps going. Okay, he opens the next chest. This After is another chest minute, four, right? This is chest number four. That's right. After another minute of warming it up with prestidigitation, he uses telekinesis to lift the lid and control its descent. Jake, can you please roll me three d six? Michael, would you please roll me three d six? That's a good roll, Jake. Yep. Wow, inside that one is an even 1,500 gold pieces. <laughs> At least that makes the math easier. Um, he's probably getting too weighed down as at the moment, right? Yes, he is now, he cannot carry all of that. That puts him over his carrying capacity. Okay, so I think what he would do is he would fly up and dump some of the coin out to us and then go back in to pick up the rest of this coin. Yeah, yeah. That's that cool? that's totally fine. So at this point, he'll he'll keep the prestidigitation going on that chest to melt it open. He'll fly up, he'll drop off, uh, let's say, 3,000 gold pieces with uh, all of you. Okay. Do you two um, have room in your inventory to split that up? Yeah, um... Just so I don't have to deal with other people's characters. Yeah, let me, let me let me just I'll put it all in mine for now. Okay. Okay. Just that's fine. Oh, I'm over. No, I'm over when I take three thousand. Um, yeah, just put a thousand in mine, and I'll put a thousand in Contars, and oh, I'll put two thousand in mine, and then put a put a thousand in yours, uh, Mike, and then we'll split it up later since we don't have Contar with us. Is that cool? Yep, sorry, I was just taking a minute. Yeah, a thousand gold in yours, and I have two thousand in mine. Okay. So he drops off okay. three thousand and then flies Go back down. Back down, oh, yep, to open up another chest, uh, which he does. Fifteen hundred from the last chest. What about the fifteen hundred from the last? So chest? he flew up and dropped three grand off. Oh, that includes the fifteen hundred from that chest. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Michael, you go first this time. Roll me 3d6, please. That's a very good roll. Jake, can you roll me 3d6, yeah. please? Oh, this is the best one we've had so far. Oh, yeah. Those are good numbers. That's 1,500... 
11 gold pieces. Let's see if Alar can carry that. How do you know how much he can carry? It actually told me that I was overburdened. But it should be... Your, your character sheet when you added it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the way it works is you can carry your strength score, not the ability modifier. You can carry that score times 15. Oh, right, pounds. 135 for Nim. I remember calculating that. Okay. Um, my normal yeah, pack so is only 100, so I can still carry quite a bit of weight. So Alar can hold all of that. That's another 1511 gold pieces that Alar got. <clears throat> um, you want him to open the sixth and final chest? Yes, please. Okay, he melts it open. I must wish it's not gold. I want it to be something else. <laughs> I'm okay with gold, though. And inside this chest is the frozen corpse of a dwarf. Find anything? Can you? Yeah, the dwarf is wearing some very nice-looking plate armor and holding on to a warhammer. What is Clontar for in these days? He wears plate. Is it magical? I don't think so. I think he's wearing plate. Okay. Standard plate. We might want to... Uh... Um, there's also a ice-covered leather bag uh, on the dwarf's belt. Pretty sure Alar is already inspecting it. Yeah. Okay. So he takes the time to melt that bag enough that he can manipulate it. More prestidigitation. Michael, can you roll a d100, please? Oh, wait. No, no, no. Don't do that. Did you already do that? No, I or... was setting it up. No, I didn't do it. Okay. Oh, you lucky sons of bitches. Michael, can you roll me a d100, please? Okay, I'm going to roll it now. Good. Man. All right, that's going to take me a moment. Hang on one second. Jake, can you roll me a d100, please? I'd love to. Yeah. I don't know what that means. But... I don't know what it means either, but rolling high has got to be good, right? Right. Roll high, get high, get high scores. Yee, yee, yee. Would each of you please roll me a d20? Oh, poor Michael. All right, <laughs> Jake, you win, so please roll me a d100 again. Okay. So inside the bag are two uh, scrolls of parchment. They look like they're probably spell scrolls and one potion. A, a vial, you know, flask of liquid, basically. Looks like it's probably a potion. So this is what I think uh, Alar would do. He'd pocket those, and then he would take the body of the... Uh, so I guess maybe he would... Can he take the Warhammer too? Can he fit it on his person? He could telekinesis it. Yeah, but I want him to telekinesis the... Or I guess he'll telekinesis that up to us and then telekinesis the body up to us so he doesn't have to take the time to remove the armor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he can just move the whole 
corpse with its armor and its warhammer up. There. Okay, so he's holding on. To, it's holding on to the warhammer. That's right. Okay, so then yeah, that's what he does. He brings the corpse up to us. Um, and I, I would think Clontarf would want to give it a proper burial, and then we'll take the see what he has in terms of. We can take the armor and the warhammer with us to see if they're magical. Yeah, thank you, Jake. That's perfect. And then knowing Alar, he'd probably want to go into those crates and barrels too. What do you think, Mike? Uh, yeah. Did you also did you say that I need to add another thirteen hundred to my inventory? Thirteen ten each. Are you talking? Was that the math for like dividing everything up four ways or something? Yeah. So if you if you divide up uh, all the gold we got um, by four, that's what we get. I'm not sure. I guess Alar was dumping gold out with us, and at this point, he probably trusts us and doesn't keep pocketing some for himself. So it'd be thirteen ten each. Maybe he'd get thirteen eleven because there's one extra gold after that. Okay, so I'll make that happen. Thanks. Okay, so thirteen. So I'm gonna remove the two thousand that's on me, my person right now, and I just add thirteen ten. Okay, I'll do the same. Okay. And then if you put that for Klontarf, and can Klontarf carry another Warhammer and a some armor? You mean in terms of carrying capacity? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So he'll he'll take the Warhammer and the armor, and then we'll kind of bury the corpse in the snow, and he'll put like a little ode to Ilmater, some form of uh, let's say a prayer to Ilmater over the dead body, and put a little. Not a cross, but whatever the effigy is for Elmater. Seems appropriate. I will say that it's readily apparent that the material of the dead dwarf's plate armor is obviously different from the steel of Klontarf's plate armor. Like nicer? Nicer or worse? Does the cold seem to have worn it as much as... Maybe someone can ro roll a history check on the armor. Yes, yeah, since it's um, this is a dwarf. Maybe have Clontarf from the region. Okay. That and the the hammer too. I think. How about uh, probably a history check? Don't you think? Yeah. History or investigation, I would say, right? Nineteen, baby. Turns out that Clontarf knows a lot about armor and weapons. The Warhammer, while finely wrought, appears to be a mundane Warhammer. The plate armor, Klontarf realizes with astonishment, is actually adamantine plate armor. Sweet. What? I think he immediately takes off his current armor and starts putting this adamantium plate armor on. It's not going to fit him. Unfortunately, this was a lady dwarf, oh, and man. the armor just is not actually going to be usable by Klontarf without some modifications. Okay. But fortunately, it could be modified for Klontarf. Okay. okay. Uh, a competent smith should be able to do that. Okay. Good. Whew. <laughs> so he he takes out he I guess he gives the warhammer to one of our compatriots, whoever looks like he can wield it wield it best. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Let's uh. That's interesting. Just so that we, I mean, it lo doesn't look magic. It looks, you said it's mundane, right? Yeah, that's correct. Because it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's worth anything or that there's any magical component to it. 
I, mean, I guess no, we'll... it, it doesn't. It doesn't look that way. Well, because I just don't want him to have the extra weight of having a warhammer. So, Clontarf. Yeah, Clontarf has at least another hundred pounds in his. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Then I let think, him just keep it. <laughs> I think Clontarf would probably bury the dwarf with the warhammer. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, let's do that. And he would probably be uncomfortable about taking the adamantine armor, but Alar would would try to persuade him to wear it. Yeah. I think that sounds right. All right, so Alar, so we still haven't opened six of the chests. Yeah, Alar, I think would go back and try to open those crates and barrels without trying to make any noise. I just think that's something Alar would do. Yeah, I think you're right. And we're all up here twiddling our thumbs, bearing in this. Uh... You <laughs> um, said yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, if Alar really wants to get into those crates and barrels, then probably nothing is going to stop him. <laughs> I might. I go, Alar, focus, focus. But no, Alar would still be all about it. Nailed down or like. It's just like frozen. Yeah, shit. they're nailed. They're nailed shut. No, they're not. They're just frozen, so he can keep going with his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just keep doing that. Pasta. Yeah. Let's see. So that was six chests. Telekinesis lasts for ten minutes. So you can definitely do at least three more, maybe four. Okay. What do you want him to start with? The barrels or the crates? What do you think, Mike? Okay. Uh, crates. Crates. Okay, crates. Here we go. Starting in on the crates, he melts a crate. Telekinesis is it open. Inside, there are a lot of flasks of uh, some kind of liquid. How many are there a lot? Well, there are layers upon layers in straw, apparently. Um, he sort of pokes through it a little bit. There are at least 30, but there is probably more because it looks like there are more layers down there. They have labels on them? They do not. It's probably like ale or beer or wine. Um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't look like food at all. It um, is a really viscous, um, dark, kind of sticky-looking substance. Steven says history check. Can you tell yeah. based on? Uh, is it maple syrup? It is. Yeah, it's really <laughs> high-quality maple syrup. Um, yeah, I'll have Alar roll a history check. That seems reasonable. Rude. He said it wasn't edible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't say that to the code I will fight you, and I will bring my hockey stick. <laughs> but he won't hit you very hard. He'll just sort of suggest that he might okay. push you gently. Yeah. I don't think Alar knows what this is. Okay. Um, I guess he would. He takes one bottle and flies it out to me, and then continues on opening the other ones. And then I give it to Klontarf, uh, since my head's the one sticking down. I'll give it to Klontarf, and I say, "You have the strongest constitution. <laughs> you want to give it a taste?" I will tell you that when Alar picks it up, it feels warm. Oh, really? And sure. Klontarf is not willing to taste it. Okay. Okay. Oh, maybe it's um that that fire stuff, uh, something that or like. Okay. Anyways, yeah. 
he continues to open the rest of them. Fire stuff? Yeah, like something that, uh, what's it called? I mean, it's in the um, player's handbook, just under the... Uh, they sell it in the player's handbook in the market section. But I, I don't know if that's one. Uh, something fire? Um, they're like little grenades sort of thing. Or like Molotov cocktails. Alchemist's oh. fire? Yeah, Alchemist's fire. Yeah. We would know what that is, though, right? If we saw it. Would your characters know what that is? Has any of your characters ever seen that? I don't know. I just I feel like it's something that they sell at stores around. You know that we would have seen it because you tell us that all of the stuff on the player's handbook is generally up for sale. Well, that's true. But if you find a healing potion, which is also available in the adventuring gear yep. section, I think people don't instantly know what that is, right? Yeah, that's even true. if they've seen a healing potion before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I take it out and I show everybody and say, "Does anybody know what this is?" while he continues to open the rest of the grades. I'll tell you that Raz, you're one of your hirelings, Raz says, oh, that's Alchemist's fire. <laughs> this is good, though. This means we can light stuff on fire, like burn down their ships and stuff. I like this. Okay. Yeah. And it's like a whole crate of it? Yeah. Yeah, as Alar keeps looking through it while he works on melting open the next crate, it looks like there are at least 50 flasks of oh. alchemist fire in that crate i say we would yeah so the next crate when Everybody Aylar opens it when Aylar opens the next crate he can see that it contains some sort of clockwork contraption that is lying in a heap so it's a whole pile of clockwork parts it's not totally clear what it is there is a thick scroll of many sheets of parchment accompanying it. A quick look at the parchment reveals that it is written in the Dwarven script. Dethic? I don't think that Alar can tell what it is, though. I think he'd know that it's Dwarven, but I think he'd also know that he can't read it. Can he t teleport that out to us? Would it fit to the hole? It will, because it's dismantled. He can fit it through that opening. So okay. he flies it up onto the roof. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to put that... Yeah, Nim and Klontarf can both read the yeah. the parchment scroll uh, and are quickly able to tell that the scrolls are an instructional manual for the construction and operation of a clockwork mule, which is apparently what this thing could be if it were put back together. Cool. Third crate has oh, guys. an enormous gold inlaid wooden harp. Um, it's a, a sort of full-size humanoid-sized harp, so it probably weighs about 100 pounds. There are also two drums and six flutes, so it's a crate filled with musical instruments. The uh, wooden harp, is it, like, do the, the drums and the flutes um, look anything of the same quality as that harp? And right. The drums do not appear to be especially good workmanship. The flutes are nice-looking flutes with some ornamentation, but the harp is far and away the most impressive piece of art in the crate. Okay. So that's 
the three crates, and then he can get. You said he could do one more barrel on this cast. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll let that stand. So he he opens the barrel, and inside that barrel, it appears to be filled with pitch. I don't know if it's worth opening the other two barrels. Can you like knock on the side and get a feel for the uh, consistency of what's inside? Like if it's fluid inside, is pitch flammable? It is. Oh, guys. Let me light this place on fire. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It's like it's like from it's like tar, right? Or like it's Yeah, right. It's not tar exactly. It's it's like it's to kind of like seal boats, right? It's elastic polymer, which can be natural or manufactured on Wikipedia. Derived from petroleum, coal, tar, or plants. Mm. Tar, bitumen, yeah. asphalt, or also known as resins. Yeah, so it's going to be, like, really sticky and gummy. Yeah. I'm getting an idea about lighting some ships on fire and getting the heck out of here with our <laughs> newfound good good stuff. So the other two barrels, it does seem like they might be filled... Well, I mean, yeah, they're filled with a liquid, but they seem pretty different from that barrel of pitch. Okay, so maybe knowing, um, well, Steve, if you're listening, do you want us to use another tele uh, telekinesis to open it? Can the um, harp no, fit, I, I, fit? I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the harp can fit through that opening. So, um, he, so he can, well, I guess he's out of telekinesis. Yeah. Well, he, he probably could have done it on that one. The, the barrels, I don't, I think that Steve says no. Don't use another five charges on telekinesis. Okay. Barrels are eight feet tall. Those are big barrels. Those are giant yeah. sized barrels. So again, this is not something that Alar could get the lid off of these things without, well, with help maybe he could get the lid off these things after yeah, melting like, them with prestidigitation, but it's like, not something he could do on his own. Yeah, and he'd fall, it would fall to the floor too and make loud noise. I think that was nice about Probably, the telekinesis. Yeah. So did he... Did he get the um, the harp up to us? I'm sorry. Yes. Any of the other instruments? That was too? the last thing he was able okay, to okay. do. Okay. Okay. So we have this beautiful the, harp. The drums and the flutes are not too big. Okay. So okay. So he might pocket the flutes, maybe. Uh, I don't know. They don't. They don't seem useful. So and not worth any much money. So he might not worry about them. He just heart. messaged and said that no, but we could try and cut a hole. Oh, hi, recording, Craig. I thought you've been recording this whole time. No? Yeah, it just gave me a message that it got disconnected. So I restarted it. You want to know how much a clockwork? Mule weighs. Let me look it up for you. Well, how long does it take to put the clockwork meal together? I'm guessing that's kind of a day-long thing. Yeah. Like, you get a, <laughs> yeah, furniture with the manual, and it still takes a couple hours. We don't got a manual. Oh, well, we have some yeah. You have to have a socket wrench. We didn't bring our socket wrench with us. You got to have the hex key. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and always looking for that number 10 size socket. and can never find it. And, and all those little wooden dowels, and there's always an extra yeah. one for some reason. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> what am I going to do? Is it a torn open baggie? Like, I guess I'll just yeah. put this in the stuff drawer. 
You got like nine other baggies that are like half the with like a random screw or washer in them. And if we're missing a piece and we're gonna have to find who the manufacturer and ask for that send them a letter and ask for the piece back and stuff. It's just and, and and the extra piece is not the one that you're missing in the future. You're missing yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why is this the one? <laughs> Give me the right number, all right? Contarf is pretty sure that if there are any missing pieces, you could pick them up in one of the good manufacturing towns, like Mirabar, say. Okay. And he thinks that working together with Nim, the two of them could probably put it together in a day. It would be a long day right. of work, but they could okay. probably get it done. Okay. I still haven't answered your question, though. It probably weighs... I don't know. What does a mule weigh, Jake? <laughs> mule weighs a lot. A mule could weigh, like, 400 pounds, maybe more. That would be a small mule. Okay. Let's say this thing weighs 1,000 pounds. Oh. It says uh, anywhere from 23 to 450 kilograms. And for you Yankees, that's about 1,000 yeah. pounds. Yeah. Okay. So he barely was able to pull, pull that up with his... Is uh, I think telekinesis can lift up to three thousand pounds. It said a thousand on the. Oh really? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And a thousand pounds is like the heavier end. Yeah, the heaviest mule. Yeah. And this is a clockwork one, so who knows if it's as big as a regular mule or. Well, he said it could do the job of one, and I would assume the metal would probably weigh as much as the water would and regular. Mule. I don't know. Probably some other weight. So they would have to put it together up here if they wanted to use it. The other thing is this harp. I mean, I feel bad leaving a gold inlay harp. That looks so nice. When I strum it, Gabe, does it do anything? Anything interesting happen? It sounds like a slightly out of tune harp. <laughs> I asked one of the guys that we are <laughs> currently with if they'd be willing to carry it down for us. Sure, yeah. Mott agrees to do so. Okay. Okay, so now, I mean, it seems like there's probably a lot of other good stuff in this area, but it's dangerous if we keep messing around. I also promised this uh, owl to let it free. What do you think? Should we call it for the night since it's 10 o'clock? Um, I think that's fair, and I could probably go yeah. be helpful too, Ida. Yeah. I'm reading oh, about Blockworks. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I haven't gotten through yet, but there's a bunch of things to like convert a regular animal into a clockwork. You're all sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it was fun tonight. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, thanks for showing up to play. Yeah, thanks for leading it, Gabe, uh, amidst all the new childrens in the world and the coronavirus in the world. Happy to do it. The highlight of my week. Yeah. Ditto. I guess. Yeah, Bye. it was fun. We, we got richer. Now we just have to get our con to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a pile of gold. Yeah. Nice job, guys. <laughs> okay. All right, bye. Bye. See you, Jake.